Amen, 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 amen. I cannot stop praising the Lord. I love that song. I asked for a different song, but my brother came through, so I don't really care. So here I am. I thank God that I'm here. I cannot stop praising the Lord. I'm telling you, I can't stop praising the Lord. He has kept me, and I'm here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Whew, Jesus. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. All right. First and foremost, I give reverence to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My life has not been easy, but there was never a time when I felt that God was not there. I may have always followed where he led, but I knew he was there. He has kept me along this journey and has saved my life numerous times that I know of, and I'm pretty sure many times that I do not know of. I give honor to my bishop. <laughs> he is not only my pastor and spiritual leader, but also my brother and my friend. And I honor Lady Watts. I remember looking at you from the balcony when I first started attending Shiloh. I didn't know you, but I would say to myself, she is so beautiful. That beauty still remains both within and without. Thank you for your quiet friendship. I give honor to Elder Martin, Elder Short, and Elder Wade in his absence. All the ministers and new ministers used to be MITs on this journey with me. Today, I honor my family, my team, my ride or dies, my beloved husband who has walked this journey with me for almost 30 years. He took all of my baggage and said, let's take the trip and here we stand together. He's my Hollywood and I'm his vibe. <laughs> we have four children. 13 grandchildren and two great-grandchildren. We are blessed beyond measure. And today, two of our children are celebrating a birthday. Our son, Akeem, and our son, Lamar. I would be remiss not to mention my sister, Deb, who is beginning her official ministry walk, but she is already an evangelist. My sister-in-law, Michelle, and I think Valerie might be here, and my sister friends, Mary, Brenda, and Tony, who I've known since I was a teenager. My children call them aunt, and their children call me aunt. To my friends, Sheila Yee and Michelle Allen. <laughs> we have been friends for almost 40 years. I don't know how many people I call friends, I don't have many people, I'm sorry, I call friend, and I am blessed to count you among them. Thank you to my Abounding Grace family. <laughs> abounding Grace is not only my sister's church, but it is my sister church. Thank you, Elder Hill and Lady Rachel. I honor my Aunt Shirley in her absence. She is my mom's last sibling, and I thank her for her support and love always. To my mommy, this is a moment of culmination of all the church and tent meetings we attended. 
the night prayers where you prayed and I slept, the church conventions where my friends and I ran amok, but yet we learned about Jesus, and me watching you as a missionary and that missionary spirit being instilled in me. I love you. And to all of you, my brothers and sisters, I praise God for you. Let us pray. Most gracious and heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you because you woke me up and you started me today on this path to tonight. I thank you because you kept my mind, my body, and soul. I thank you for your people, and I ask, Lord, tonight that you would come through me and speak through me and say what it is that you would have them to say, that someone's life may be touched by these words tonight. And Lord, I shall always remember to give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. In Jesus' name, I do pray. Amen. Amen. The scripture tonight is from the English Standard Version, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may always be made visible in our bodies. My title, Kept to be Redeemed, Restored, and Released. I had a little issue with the title, but the Lord worked it out. <laughs> if you're sitting here, you have been kept. Through your darkest hour, you are kept. I may have lost my mommy, but God kept my mind. My heart may be broken, but God has kept me. I'm a witness. You can say what you want, but God has kept you for a purpose. You may not know what it is, but you, my friend, have been kept. Lean over to your neighbor and say, I'm kept. If God has delivered you from anything, you have been kept. I know I've been kept. If you're sitting in your seat, you are kept. If you woke up this morning, you are kept. Writing papers in school, I always like to give definitions. It stretches the word count. But there is also a purpose to giving the definition. It assures you that the reader, or in this case, the hearer, understands exactly what you are talking about. The definition of keep is to hold or retain in one's possession, to clear by payment. We are gods. He holds us in his possession. We belong to him. And since we are kept, which is the past tense of keep, no matter what, it has already been done. God has kept us in the past and he will keep us in the future if we just lean on him. The songwriter said, God is leaning in our direction. All we have to do is lean back. We are kept clear by payment. He didn't have to do it, but he did. Jesus paid for us on Calvary. What more can we ask for? This is what Paul meant when he said, we are troubled and burdened, but not defeated. God keeps us through our trials. 
We are persecuted, but we are not abandoned. God always has our back. Life has a way of beating us down, but yet we are not destroyed. We keep coming back. We live on, at least I know I do. Our feelings get hurt, we are physically attacked, but God is always there, keeping us through our tribulations, lifting us up, helping us along the way. By, us keep, by keeping us in the palm of his hand, God allows us to go through. And the key word is through. With God, we will always come out on the other side. With God, we can handle anything. Thank you, Jesus. Now, most people know the story of Paul. It is a familiar story that is told over and over. People preach a lot about Paul, who wrote a great deal of the New Testament. Paul was a rabble-rouser, and his intent was to stir up hatred and violence towards Christians. Now, perhaps Paul didn't believe in Christ because he had a rough life, Perhaps nobody told him about the goodness of God and what blessings could be bestowed upon him if he just believed. There could be a thousand and one reasons that Paul was the way that he was, but whatever the reason, it didn't matter. God had a purpose for him. He thought Paul was worth saving. He could have killed him, but he kept him. Paul had been redeemed and became a champion for Christ, telling all about the good news. But just because God saved Paul and he was now a believer, his life didn't get easier. If anything, it made his life harder. Paul went through his trials and tribulations, but he didn't give up. He knew if he had faith in God, everything would turn out okay. Whether it was on this side, earth, or that side, heaven. To God be the glory. No matter what the situation, Paul's faith never wavered. Paul's purpose was to preach the good news, and he was excited to do so. Romans 1 and 15 says, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. He was eager. I am eager. I want to tell you a story about a young girl, me, who knew Christ at an early age but didn't walk in the way. I wanted to have friends, maybe, be popular, maybe. At this point, I don't even know why I didn't follow Christ. I'm a tight bit mad that I wasted so much time in the world doing worldly things when I could have been basking in God's goodness and glory. But then I wouldn't have my testimony. I always believed but didn't do as I was supposed to do. I did things the people of the world did. But through all of this, God kept me. He kept me for such a time as this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are so many times when I could have been dead. Let me say that again. There are so many times I should have been dead, but God kept me. I am here today because God kept me. I'm alive today only because of his grace. Oh, he kept me. God kept me, and he kept me so I wouldn't let go. Not only has he kept me, though, but he kept my family. I am a kept woman, and he and they are kept people. Now, many of you know me, but you don't really know my story. 
you know that I have my family and we're a team. We're tight. We're always rocking out to something or somewhere, always together. You know that I throw fabulous parties. Many of you didn't even know my sister was my sister until recently when we started hanging out at church functions and things like that. Those things are topical. I want to tell you how the Lord has truly, truly kept me. He has done great things in my life, and I would be here till next week if I told you every single way I have been kept. But here is one that I consider huge. When my husband and I first got together, we used to take the kids to New York a lot to my mom's. We were young, and whenever we decided to go, we would just go. If it was late, it didn't matter. I'd tell my mom to leave the back door open. We would come in. You could do that back then. Most of the time, she would wait up for us if it wasn't too late. So this night, it's 9 o'clock after work, and we're hitting the road. Let's go to mommy's. Now, if you, now mind you, if we're leaving New London at 9, it's after midnight by the time we're coming back home. My husband was driving, and I was sleeping. I woke up in Milford and asked him if he would like me to drive. He said, after the bridge, you know, the Q bridge. We weren't far, so I said, okay, and drifted back off. In what seemed like seconds, but turned out to be 12 to 15 minutes, I heard a voice say, open your eyes. In my mind, I said, yeah, 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 okay, in a minute. But the voice persisted and said, open your eyes now. The voice yelled at me. My eyes snapped open, and we were headed into a Jersey barrier. You know, concrete, destroy your car, destroy your life. In what was mere seconds, I looked at the barrier, looked at my husband, not my husband at the time. His head was nodding, his chin was in his chest. All I could do was scream. I probably screamed, Jesus! Mm. He woke up and jerked the wheel, and we just skimmed that barrier. God kept us for that moment because he had something in mind, not just for me, but for both of us. The only thing that happened was a scrape on the car and a flat tire. I'm talking about kept. God kept us for a purpose. Fast forward, you know, almost 30 years, God kept me for this today. For me to proclaim his goodness, mercy, and grace. I could leave that right there and know that God's grace and mercy kept me to spread the good news. He thought I was worth saving, but let's tighten this up. Life in general is unsure, but when you live for Christ, the devil is always trying to trip you up, kill, and destroy you. That is what Paul discovered as he kept walking up the king's highway. He knew that persecution would come, but he was prepared for come what may because he knew he had God on his side. And if God be for you, it doesn't matter who is against you. Romans 14 and 8 says, For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. We are kept. So Paul was prepared to die for God. But throughout many circumstances, God kept him. There were many times when Paul thought his life was over, but it was merely just the beginning. He was a kept man. God kept him for a purpose. On this past Sunday, 
Bishop Elder Cornish stopped by and talked about catfish. Yes, I'm using it before you do, because what you do, it's a wrap, okay? <laughs> so Paul had some catfish. He was a hunted man, and they were trying to kill him. Acts 23 and 12 tells of 40 men conspiring against him. They said they would not eat or drink until he was murdered. Imagine that. They were fasting for a murder. But what they forgot was that Paul had been redeemed. There was a purpose for his life. God was using him to tell the gospel, the good news of Christ. Remember, God keeps us for a reason. And when he designs a purpose for our lives, here are three things that happen. First of all, we have redemption. It relieves us of the baggage that we carry around, the stress, that old life, because he had been redeemed and lived his, Christ fully for his life fully for Jesus Christ. Paul went from hunting Christians to being hunted. He could have been stressed out, but he was not. He was able to serve God with all his might, pressed but not crushed, backed up against the wall, but God was his way out. What a relief when you can move forward without the baggage of the past, when you don't have to worry about your haters. God can and will work out a seemingly unworkable situation. This is what redemption brings. But once he was redeemed, he was restored. God gave Paul back his sight and a better mind sight. He saw things in a different manner. Many times we say something was rehabilitated or restored back to the original way. But Paul was rehabilitated, reconstructed, and repaired to a much higher standard. Instead of silver, God used gold, maybe even platinum. Paul was able to see through all of his trials and tribulations of his life and continue to move forward. He knew that a great thing happened when God restored him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, Paul has been redeemed and restored. There's only one thing left. Paul has been released. He now knew the power and victory of Jesus firsthand. He was released to go out into the world and tell everybody what God had done for him. He was released to tell the good news, the gospel of Christ. He was released to bring others to Christ and to let them know that this gift was already paid for. When you fulfill your purpose, the life of Christ is seen through you. You represent Jesus. You know that you are not defeated. You are not crushed. Let me tell you, or as I would say, listen. I have been redeemed. I have been restored, and I have been released. I'm released to tell you that God can work it out. I am released to let you know that God can heal you. He can wash away your sins. He can turn your life around and place your feet on solid ground. I don't know about you, but I have been paid for. I am cleared by payment. I am redeemed, I am restored, and I am released. I am a kept woman. The Lord is good, and he will keep you if you want to be kept. He will keep you because he has a purpose in mind for you. Are you ready to be fulfilled? Are you ready to fulfill that purpose? Are you ready to be redeemed, restored, and released? What say you will? Redeemed, restored, and released. I said, if you're ready.
ready to be redeemed, restored, and released, you better say so. Yeah.